0: Chapter Fifteen of the Maid of Scar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maid of Scar by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter Fifteen A Verdict on the Jury as to the second inquest i promised as you may remember to tell something also but in serious truth if i saw a chance to escape it without skulking watch i would liefer be anywhere else almost except in a french prison after recording with much satisfaction our verdict upon bardi's brother which nearly all of us were certain that the little boy must be the coroner bade his second jury to view the bodies of the five young men these were in the great dark hall set as in a place of honour and poor young watkin left to mind them and very pale and ill he looked if you please sir they are all stretched out and i am not afraid of them he said to me as i went to console him father cannot look at them but mother and i are not afraid they are placed according to their ages face after face and foot after foot and i am sure they never meant it sir when they used to kick me out of bed and oftentimes i deserved it i thought much less of those five great corpses than of the gentle and loving boy who had girt up his heart to conquer fear and who tried to think evil of himself for the comforting of his brethren's souls but he nearly broke down when the jurymen came and i begged them to spare him the pain and trial of going before the coroner to identify the bodies which i could do as well as any one and to this they all agreed when we returned to the long oak parlour we found that the dignity of the house was maintained in a way which astonished us there had been some little refreshment before especially for his honour but now all these things were cleared away and the table was spread with a noble sight of glasses and bottles and silver implements fit for the mess of an admiral neither were these meant for show alone inasmuch as as to make them useful there was water cold and water hot also lemons and sugar and nutmeg and a great black george of ale a row of pipes and a jar of tobacco also a middling keg of hollands and an anchor of old rum at first we could hardly believe our eyes knowing how poor and desolate both of food and furniture that old grange had always been but presently one of us happened to guess and hezekiah confirmed it that the lord of the manor had taken compassion upon his afflicted tenant and had furnished these things in a handsome manner from his own great house some five miles distant but in spite of the custom of the country i was for keeping away from it all upon so sad an occasion and one or two more were for holding aloof although they cast sheep's eyes at it however the crowner rubbed his hands and sat down at the top of the table and then the foreman sat down also and said that being so much upset he was half inclined to take a glass of something weak he was recommended if he felt like that whatever he did not to take it weak but to think of his wife and family for who could say what such a turn might lead to if neglected and this reflection had such weight that instead of mixing for himself he allowed a friend to mix for him the crowner said now gentlemen in the presence of such fearful trouble and heavy blows from providence no man has any right to give the rein to his own feelings it is his duty as a man to control his sad emotions and his duty as a family man to attend to his constitution with these words he lit a pipe and poured himself a glass of hollands looking sadly upward so that the measure quite escaped him gentlemen of the jury he continued with such authority that the jury were almost ready to think that they must have begun to be gentlemen till they looked at one another gentlemen of the jury life is short and trouble long i have sat upon hundreds of poor people who destroyed themselves by nothing else than want of self-preservation i have made it my duty officially to discourage such shortcomings mr foreman be good enough to send the lemons this way and when ready for business say so crowner bowles was now as pleasant as he had been grumpy in the morning and finding him so we did our best to keep him in that humour neither was it long before he expressed himself in terms which were an honour alike to his heart and head for he told us in so many words though i was not of the jury now nevertheless i held on to them and having been foreman just now could not be for a matter of form when it came to glasses cold-shouldered worthy crowner Bowles, i say before he had stirred many slices of lemon told us all in so many words and the more the more we were pleased with them that for a thoroughly honest intelligent and hard-working jury commend him henceforth and as long as he held his majesty's sign manual to a jury made of newton parish and of ken burgesses we drank his health with bumpers round every man upon his legs and then three cheers for his lordship until his clerk who was rather sober put his thumb up and said stop and from the way he went on jerking with his narrow shoulders we saw that he would recall our thoughts to the hall that had no door to it then following his looks we saw the distance of the silence this took us all aback so much that we had in the witnesses with of whom i the head man, was there already and for fear of their being nervous and so confusing testimony gave them a cordial after-swearing everybody knew exactly what each one of them had to say but it would have been very hard and might have done them an injury not to let them say it the coroner having found no need to change except his rummer left his men for a little while to deliberate their verdict visitation of god of course it must be straddling williams began to say visitation of almighty god some of the jury took the pipes out of their mouths and nodded at him while they blew a ring of smoke and others nodded without that trouble and all seemed going pleasantly when suddenly a little fellow whose name was simon edwards a brother of the primitive christians or at least of their minister being made pugnacious by ardent spirits rose and holding the arm of his chair thus delivered his sentiments speaking of course in his native tongue head man and brothers of the jury i I do altogether refuse and deny the goodness of that judgment the only judgment i will certify is in the lining of my hat judgment of almighty god for rabbiting on the sabbath day hezekiah perkins i call upon thee as a brother christian and a consistent member to stand on the side of the lord with me his power of standing on any side was by this time however exhausted and falling into his chair he turned pale and shrunk to the very back of it for over against him stood evan thomas whom none of us had seen till then it was a sight that sobered us and made the blood fly from our cheeks and forced us to set down the glass the face of black evan was ashy grey and his heavy square shoulders slouching forward and his hands hung by his side only his deep eyes shone without moving and simon backed further and further away without any power to gaze elsewhere then evan thomas turned from him without any word or so much as a sigh and looked at us all and no man had power to meet the cold quietness of his regard and not having thought much about his troubles we had nothing at all to say to him after waiting for us to begin and finding no one ready he spake a few words to us all in welsh and the tone of his voice seemed different noble gentlemen i am proud that my poor hospitality pleases you make the most of the time god gives for six of you have seen the white horse with these words he bowed his head and left us shuddering in the midst of all the heat of cordials for it is known that men when prostrate by a crushing act of god have the power to foresee the death of other men that feel no pity for them and to see the white horse on the night of a new moon even through closed eyelids and without sense of vision is the surest sign of all surest signs of death within the twelvemonth therefore all the jury sat glowering at one another each man ready to make oath that evan's eyes were not on him now there are things beyond our knowledge or right of explanation in which i have a pure true faith for instance the flying dutchman whom i had twice beheld already and whom no man may three times see and then survive the twelvemonth in him of course i had true faith for what can be clearer than eyesight many things too which brave seamen have beheld and can declare but as for landsmen's superstitions i scarcely cared to laugh at them however strange enough it is all black evans said came true simon edwards first went off by falling into newton wayne after keeping it up too late at chapel and after him the other five all within the twelve months some in their beds and some abroad but all gone to their last account and heartily glad i was for my part as one after another they dropped off thus not to have served on that second jury and heartily sorry i was also that brother hezekiah had not taken the luck to behold the white horse plain enough it will be now to any one who knows our parts that after what evan thomas said and the way in which he withdrew from us the only desire the jury had was to gratify him with their verdict and to hasten home ere the dark should fall and no man to walk by himself on the road accordingly without more tobacco though some took another glass for strength they returned the following verdict we find that these five young and excellent men here came their names with a mister to each were lost on their way to a place of worship by means of a violent storm of the sea and the jury cannot separate without offering their heartfelt pity the crowner's clerk changed it to sympathy to their bereaved and affectionate parents god save the king after this they all went home and it took good legs to keep up with them along priest lane in some of the darker places and especially where a white cow came and looked over a gate for the milking time i could not help laughing although myself not wholly free from uneasiness and i grieved that my joints were not as nimble as those of simon edwards but while we frightened one another like so many children each perceiving something which was worse to those who perceived it not hezekiah carried on as if we were a set of fools and nothing ever could frighten him to me who was the bravest of them this was very irksome but it happened that i knew brother perkins's pet belief his wife had lived at longlands once a lonely house between nottage and newton on the rise of a little hill and they say that on one night of the year all the funerals that must pass from nottage to newton in the twelvemonth go by in succession there with all the mourners after them and the very hymns that they will sing passing softly on the wind So as we were just by longlands in the early Beat of the stars i managed to be at perkins's side then suddenly as a bat went by i caught the arm of a hezekiah and drew back and shivered name of god davy what's the matter can't you see them you blind-eye there they go there they go all the coffins with Pauls to them and the names upon the head-plates evan and thomas and hopkin and reese and jenkin with only forbearers and the psalm they sing is the thirty-fourth so it is i can see them all the lord have mercy upon my soul oh Davy, davy don't leave me here he could not walk another step but staggered against the wall and groaned and hid his face inside his hat we got him to newton with much ado but as for going to Bridgend that night he found that our church clock must be seen to the very first thing in the morning chapter fifteen